we are doing this series, call it the Joy Series. It's about a little book. It really is a little New Testament book called Philippians. In the New Testament, as I said that, and it's really four chapters. It's not very long. The, it's an epistle, actually. The Apostle Paul wrote uh, 55, 60 A.D., somewhere in there. Uh, at the time of his writing, he's writing this from, um, not from prison, but he's, he's under house arrest, uh, chained in some form or fashion to what they call the Praetorian Guard, which is like uh, kind of like a Secret Service agent today. Not a great uh, correlation, but, but somewhat. And, um, and he's writing this letter to this church that he helped start in modern-day uh, Turkey, the, in, in Philippi. And so he's writing them, and the theme of the, the, theme of the whole book, the whole letter, uh, is joy. And we've been talking about that. We talked about joy in community. That means friends and fellowship. And we talked about joy in bad circumstances. Yeah, that was last week, and, and how, how do we handle that, and how do we do that, and so forth. And today we're talking about joy and selflessness, which is kind of, that's kind of awkward, kind of, sounds kind of weird. And joy and selflessness, Rich, really? Is that, that what you got for me? Um, you know, because I, you know, some might think, I thought there was more joy in just kind of being a selfish pig, you know? And um, I can tell you, having been a selfish pig once or twice in my life, um, that uh, there's not as much joy in that as you might think. Uh, it, it, and those of us who've ever experienced that know that. So uh, it's, uh, it's not as... Uh, it's, not, it's pretty miserable, actually. Um, talk more about that in a moment. So anyway, that's what we're talking about, this joy in selflessness, something we have to stop and reflect on and think about. Let me tell you, um, I had, uh, we had recently... Uh, you may be, some of you might have been here for that. Some of you weren't. Uh, not all of you were here because I can tell by looking. Uh, we didn't have that many people here. But um, we had what we called a town hall meeting a few weeks ago. It's really just a congregational meeting where we at that time were wanting, were wanting to hear input. We as a board and a search team were looking to hear input from, from you all about um, at that time a prospective candidate for senior pastor who has since been confirmed and is now. Uh, are going to be our new lead pastor starting here, starting sometime later this month. And um, Chris Strethaway, if you, if you didn't know that yet, great guy. And we were having this town hall. By the way, side note, uh, had some, he happened to be here this week for a little while, still moving and all that stuff's going on, and we had some great time together. And I got to tell you, I'm, I, I have not used this word. This word has been used by others. I have not used this word because I don't have much, but I try to maintain some degree of integrity and um, not say things I don't believe. And, and um, I've, I've said I'm positive, I'm, I'm very positive about the move, I'm, 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 opt- I'm optimistic, and so forth and so forth. I haven't used the word excited, but after spending some time with him this week, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it now. And uh, it's going to be great, and uh, I think he's the right person to really lead us into the next season uh, of ministry as a, as, as a church. And uh, it's going to be great, and we're going to even have some fun. How about that? Um, so that's kind of an important component. He may even, he may even rename my title to Pastor of Fun. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I don't know if he's going to do that or not. But anyway, uh, we had a great time together. Um, but anyway, the meeting, back to the congregational meeting, town hall meeting. We're all up here, board and, and search team, and, and people are asking us questions and concerns. And one of my buddies, a good friend, um, stands up. I don't want to point to where. I don't want you to know who he was if I can help it. Um, he stands up and he, he had a concern, and Rob King, our chairman of the board, I thought handled it very well. My friend says, I don't understand why we're doing this. And I don't understand why we even need somebody else. You know, I like Rich, which you know, kind of nice to hear. You know, hey, I like Rich. Hey, great. I like being liked. And, uh, and you know, it shows the guy has great insight and so forth. But, but um, <laughs> 
He said, you know, and, and Rob did a great job trying to explain it to him. And I could tell, because I know him, I could tell he wasn't terribly convinced. He was very gracious and said, thank you, and sat down and so forth. But I kind of watched him. As soon as the meeting was over, I made a beeline for him. And I said to him, I said, hey, and I said his name. I said, listen, um, I know you got some reservations about this. It's okay. Trust me. It's going to be fine. Just trust me. It's, uh, he, he's great, and it's going to work out fine. And um, just trust me on this, okay? And he said, we're standing up. People are milling around. He says to me, yeah, but Rich, you don't understand. He, 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 he did one of these. He says, I'm not like all these other people, meaning all you other people who are here. I'm not like all these other people. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I'm just a selfish jerk. <laughs> he didn't say jerk. But uh, he said, I'm just a selfish blankety blank." And I kind of chuckled. He said, what? I said, I know all these people. And they are too. <laughs> You're in the right place. You're home, baby. This is it. it just cracked me up. He said, you know, this view of, you know, I'm selfish, but nobody else is. We are all in recovery for something. And one of those things is selfishness. It has different forms. And it doesn't look the same in one person as it does the other. But we all got it. And you know that, don't you? That's why we need to really understand what the Bible says and really what, how, how do we get that, how do we get that contained, curbed, maybe even as much as possible, get that out of our life and out of our system and so forth. Um, that's what we're talking about. So, so, st- so stick with me on this. So I'm, I'm preparing this week, and I took a little break. Sometimes I do this just for fun. I'll take a break, and I'm, you know, maybe in, in reading about the Bible and correlating passages and, and so forth, reading commentaries. And your brain gets a little tired, at least mine does, it gets a little tired after a while, and and I just started to do something silly on the Internet just to, just to take a little break. And so what I did was I just, it, it was, I mean, it, I wasn't really doing this for research, but it was just sort of fun. But I, I ended up just Googling in the words, characteristics of selfish people. Although I'll just do that and see what, see what comes up. And I don't know, you know, the page comes up, all these findings, and there's, and there's one page. I just looked at the first page, and I don't know if it was the first thing, or the second thing, or the third thing, but it's right Top five, one of those things. I, found, I went to this website called Eavesdropping in the Boys Club, the things your father should have told you about men had you asked. And there was a title, one particular title of a particular, I don't know if it was a blog or an article or a story. I don't know the difference in all those. Somebody else does. Somebody says, he's got a blog, and I read it. I said, that looks like a magazine article online to me. But anyway, uh, whatever it was, um, here was the title. I want you to see the title of this thing that caught my attention. I'm not going to tell I'm going to let you read it first, okay? <laughs> How to identify selfish men before it's too late. And I see some of you women, I see some of the panic in your eyes. <laughs> Say, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. We had a couple who I know really well after the 9 o'clock service. And she says, you nailed him. And I'm like, and he's like, that's not me. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's not what I was trying to accomplish here. Uh, anyway, we had a little fun with them. They had, we gave them, they're probably in a good conversation right now as we speak, as a matter of fact, uh, over, over, hopefully over a good lunch. Um, so here, they were a whole bunch of characteristics. I picked out five characteristics of these, uh, of these selfish men. And, and, and the point that they make, they say, uh, they, in, in the thing, they say, um, 
when first going out with a man, this is obviously to single women, uh, in an attempt to determine if it may become something more, here are some things you should look for, and their absence should be noted and carefully scrutinized later. So here you go. You happen to be a single lady in here. You might want to take a look at this. Now, before we go through these, some of these characters, I'm just going to go through a few of them. I want you just to, to listen and read this, these two verses. I'm going to look at them more in detail in a moment, but it's from Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and it's uh, from the message paraphrase. Just, just, just think about this for a moment. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think about that as we go through some of these characteristics, quote-unquote, of selfish men. By the way, I showed this title to, to somebody uh, this week, Thursday, I think it was. It was a lady, and she said, I thought all men were selfish. I, said, I, don't, I don't know where she got that idea. But anyway, um, she was joking, I hope. You're going to notice as we look at some of these, it may not just be men we're talking about. Just, just, just a word to the wise on that. Just think about that. So here we go. How to identify f- selfish men before it's too late. Number one, does he talk about himself constantly as if he's trying to impress you? And their point is they're saying uh, he, he probably talks to everyone about himself, and it may be the only thing that he knows, or it may be the only thing he really cares about is himself. And uh, they even make the point of saying he's probably just like the commercial, you know, the ones where they try to make the product look better than what it really is. <laughs> um, interesting thing. Does he talk about himself constantly as if he's trying to impress you? There are people who do that. And they're not just men, by the way. Uh, number two, does he ask for your opinion consistently and follow your advice on important matters? That's a good one. Even if you're married, you can think about that. Uh, you know, does he make decisions, all the decisions regarding that relationship, they ask. Uh, you know, only a selfish person would make a decision for two people. That affects them both without consulting the other uh, for input. Uh, and then and they had this little note. So if he goes out and makes a large purchase without discussing it with you, in their words, he's selfish. I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's what they say. You know what I did once? I took the car in to get work done. And I came home with a new car. <laughs> there were no phone calls made. There were just, just ah, hey, look what happened here. Look what God's will for us is right here. Honey. We worked through it. And my wife, who's going to be canonized someday, but uh, um, that wasn't one of my shinier moments, okay? Um, anyway, he said that, that can be selfishness, and it can be, certainly. How about this one? Does he know when you're tired, frustrated, happy, or sick without you having to tell him? And their point is that uh, if he can't tell your, your mental or physical or emotional condition, you know, when he sees you, he's not really paying enough attention to you. Um, he should pick up on those things quickly, they say. Um, he said you should never have to tell him that you're not feeling well. He should know that. He says, and they go on to say, I bet, you know, I bet you know when he's under the weather without asking to adjust accordingly. Again, it's just talking about the self-centeredness and just being totally just be totally in a bubble to another person's feelings or, or how they're doing or, or whatever. And, and, and yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent point. Are you tired and frustrated? You know? Number four. Number four I almost didn't include because it's kind of tough, guys. This isn't going to be... This, this is going to hit guys a lot. Um, no, I don't want to do it. I'm going to do it. Would he cancel plans to go to a sporting event with friends just because you had the flu or something like that? 
Oh, I saw an elbow go, baby. I saw a couple elbows go. <laughs> um, they say an unselfish man would, and he would expect his friends to understand. If you're ill, he'd want to be, be there to take care of you. And they go on to say, in the event that you could get an unselfish man to actually go to the game anyway, I can see my wife would insist upon it, uh, he wouldn't be happy about it. He'd be calling you every 30 minutes or so to see if, if he needs to come home or how you're doing and so forth and so on. That's, that's, I mean, it's something to think about. That was one that brought up one of the other stories that I heard after one of the services this morning where somebody said, can you believe that I was pregnant and he was upset because I had the baby early because he had front row tickets to Springsteen? So that was another discussion I assume is taking place somewhere in the city of Summit right now. I don't know. Um, didn't mean to bring this stuff up, but hey, maybe it's something that needs to be talked about. I don't know. Point being this, we can get so hung up. And again, it's not just men. There are women who, I got, I got my girl's night out. Don't miss my girl's night out. I don't know, you know, whatever. Last thing. This is really, this is another painful. Will he, will he accompany you to, to something that you like to do, even though it's not something men or he necessarily would do, just to be able to spend more time with you. Now, maybe that's the theater, maybe that's, maybe that's you know, the ballet or, 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 you know, the opera or shopping. My wife just got back from, from um, a, a trip down south where she's from, and she, just, she and some friends went to the, uh, the world's longest garage sale. It goes from, they didn't go to all of it, it goes from Gaston, Alabama to, to Hudson, Michigan on an old highway, Highway 120. Really, Google it. Go home and Google it. You'll see it. And it's just, it's just a yard sale. It's got you know, dealers. She'll tell you about it. She's got dealers and antique dealers and flea market dealers and food and junk. I mean, it's just everything. It goes forever. And she got home Friday, and I picked her up at the airport. We went, went to get something to eat. Went to a restaurant to go to dinner. And she was telling me all about it. And then she said this question. She said, would you ever go with me? I just thought I'd share that with you. So anyway, <laughs> and uh, I did say something like, "Any golf courses nearby?" You know, but you know. Listen, those are those are are silly, but they got truth in them. For not just men, but for women too. We all get selfish. We want to protect our boundaries. We want to protect our turf whether we're married or whether it be at business or whether it be in my community or whatever, this is what we have to deal with. How does the Bible address this? And that's where we are today in Philippians chapter 2. I want to take you back. I read you two verses earlier from the message. I want to take you back from a different translation, New Living Bible, and, and get you to see this because this is really important. It begins in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. It starts off again, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of, equ- he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He was equal. He is God. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Four very simple principles. You've got to, got to get out of here, okay? One is one quality of selflessness or of the selfless is there's not an attempt to impress I don't have to impress. It's not about me. 
I don't have to worry about what I do for a living, club that I belong to, college I went to, where I live, you know. I mean, that kind of chatter. I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And that's what the Bible's teaching. One of the qualities is of the selfless, there's just not, there's not an attempt, they don't have to worry about impressing people because it doesn't matter. And it's not about me. It's all tied very closely to this fourth thing, which I'm going to talk about in just a moment. Number two, an authentic concern for others' rights and preferences. It's not something you conjure up. It's you're, you're authentic. You really do care about others. And, and that's when you read those verses, he says, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others. I mean, authentic concern for other people. That's something you can't fake. You can say, you know, oh, you can act like you're interested. Hey, how you doing? And people usually, not in every case, people usually can see through that. I'll tell you what I do. It works for me. It doesn't work. I'm not saying everybody has to do it this way. My prayer constantly, not once a day, I mean constantly, my prayer to God is, God, help me to see people through your eyes. Help me not to see people as beautiful or not so beautiful or ugly or upper class or middle class or lower class. Now, the color thing's never been an issue for me, so that didn't, I've never had a problem with that. But, I mean, not, 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 you know, help me not to see people as, you know, living here or living there. Or this person. Help me to see people through your eyes because through God's eyes, every one of us created in the image of God, every one of us are, is valuable to God, every one of us. You may not feel like it. You may have been told differently. You may have been put down much of your life and told different things. But that's not true. You are very valuable to your Creator. And, and our prayer needs to be, God, help me to see people through that lens, not through the lens that, that the culture just screams at me. Uh, what do you do for a living? Where do you live? You know, Where do you go to school? Uh, where do you play golf? Uh, do you play golf? You know, all the stuff that's just... Just chatter, just noise. Authentic concern for others, and their rights and their preferences and so forth. A, will, a third thing, a willingness, a willingness to sacrifice, a willingness to give. So he talks about that. He says in verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He was God and he did not think equality with God as something to be cling to. Instead, he, he gave up his divine privileges. Just a willingness to give. Do you have that? Quality of the selfless. Now, those are three things. Now, here's the key thing, folks. All of this is tied to this fourth thing. If you don't have the fourth thing, you can't get the first three things. It's, 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 and, 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 you know, we start talking about behavior. Are we talking about a behavior here of being a selfless person or a selfish person? Well, I'm just going to try to be more selfless, you know. And I will tell you, you, you know, outside of what I'm going to show you here in, num- in this number four quality, um, you're never going to be a selfless person outside of this. And I'll explain that in just a moment. Fourth quality of the selfless is this. They understand the example of Christ. They understand the example of Christ. I want to take you back. Verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus is God, okay? Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, that's in the person of Jesus, he humbled himself 
in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. God is in heaven and he sees creation and he sees these people that he has created and he sees the brokenness, the heartache, the murder, literally and figuratively. And he says, I have to do something. He's not surprised, by the way. He's God. And he sends his son, Jesus, who's equal to him, who's God as well, to earth to live among us. Become, to become, God becomes incarnate we, at Christmas time. He, God becomes a person. It's Jesus. We celebrate it at Christmas time. And he lives for 30 plus years. And he lives a perfect life because he's God. I, I can't help you. Because I'm not God, and I don't live a perfect life. But, but Jesus did. And then he, he gets these trumped-up charges that are totally made up against him, which, we, which we, we knew was prophesied that it was going to happen. And he goes through all this torturous stuff and, 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 and these ridiculous trials and is beaten within an inch of his life and then taken and crucified like a common criminal on a cross, and he dies. And three days later, he raised, he's raised from the dead. You see... When we understand that, and we come to faith in Him, we come to faith by saying, Lord, I believe You did that for me because I'm broken. I'm just a sinner. I'm just like what my friend says, I'm just a, I'm just a selfish blankety-blank. It's a selfish jerk. Outside of Christ working in my life, we're all just a bunch of selfish... You say, well, wait a minute, Rich. Outside of Christ working in my life, can I do good things? You can. And it's usually to make you feel better. People always say all the time, oh, I did, some, I did something good today. I feel so much better. So who's it for? Did it for yourself. You can make that argument very easily. The point being that Jesus did this, and He did this for me, and He did this for you. And we put our trust in Him. We understand this is what Christ did for me. I become a person of faith when I say, Lord, I, I accept that in my life. I accept that. I, 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 I'm trusting you for the forgiveness of my own sins. We do that. We understand what Christ has done. How, tell me how in the world, when we understand that, we can walk around being selfish, living for ourselves. You can't. Now, it's a process, and the process is I've got to be more aware of this and more aware of this, and it takes time sometimes. And we have those glimmers of self, genuine selflessness because we are aware and we continue to focus on the fact, this is what Jesus did for me. He forgave me. By the way, that means I forgive others as well. I've said this many times. It's one of the things that really helps me in life when people, when people do something, take advantage of me or do me wrong, as they say in the country songs. Um, a person can never sin against me, anybody, anybody here. I don't care who you are. No, no one here could ever sin against me as much as I've sinned against Christ. That's why I got one job when somebody does that. I, that's for, I have to forgive following the example of Jesus. So there they are, qualities of the selfless. An attempt, no attempt to impress. Authentic concern for others. Willingness to sacrifice. And really understand what Christ did for you. And have accepted it. Because everything's contingent upon that. Now, 
you may ask yourself this question as you think on these qualities. Is there really joy in living like that? That's the title of the message. Joy and selflessness. And remember, I've said this two or three times. I want to make sure so it doesn't get forgotten. When I'm speaking of joy, I'm, I'm, I'm using it very liberally and very generally. I'm talking about having some joy, some fulfillment, some fun, a little happiness in life. That's how I'm using the word. So let's take these, let's take these qualities and ask a rhetorical question, or three, three rhetorical questions um, about is there really joy in living like this? Let me ask you this. Is it joyful to walk around unconcerned about trying to impress people? Is it, is it joyful to walk around and I don't have to worry about watching my P's and my Q's? I'm not really worried about impressing people because it's not about me. I'll tell you, that's pretty darn joyful. There's a lot of people that are walking around on eggshells, you know, minding their P's because I want to make sure I give the right image of who I am and what I am. You know, and I understand all that, sales or whatever it might be, marketing and so forth and so on. When we talk about who we really are as people, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of joy in, in saying, you know what, I, I don't know if, I'm, if I impress that person. That's really not important. So that's not about me. Is there joy in that? I think so. Is there joy? <laughs> is there joy, even freedom, I would say, um, in, in living in a way that I'm not constantly enslaved to me, myself, and I? I, I I'll tell you how you can answer that question. You can just think, think with me. I think you can get you to think with me. If you need to close your eyes to think like this, feel free. If you don't, that's fine. Just think for a moment. I want you to think for a moment about the most selfish, self-absorbed person that you know. Don't say his name or her name. And if they're beside you, be real careful that you don't move, okay? You want them to know that. The most selfish, self-absorbed person that you know, think about who that is. Now, here's my next question. Are they pretty happy people? No. They're miserable. They're, under, they're complaining, they're whining, everything's wrong, and oh, yeah, yeah. You know that person, don't you? I mean, I mean right, so is there joy in, in being freed from the enslavement of me, myself? It's tremendous joy. But it only comes as we understand who Jesus is and what he has done. Third question. Is it fulfilling to have a continually growing understanding of what Christ did for you and to allow that to shape who you are and how you treat people? It is tremendously joyful. And it's a process. It doesn't come overnight. Same thing with being selfless. Selflessness doesn't just happen. It's a process. As you seek to make these things a part of your life, you're going to see more and more, wow, I'm not nearly as worried about trying to impress people. I'm not really as self-absorbed of me, myself, and I. This is so great. And I'm just beginning to understand more and more that Christ loved me, died for me, rose from the dead for me, that I might have forgiveness of my own sin, that I might have life, and that I might have some, some joy and some fulfillment along the way. Wow, that's great. See, that's joy. That's what the Apostle Paul was thinking about as he wrote this to these people. Augustine put it this way, St. Augustine. Do you wish to be great? Then begin by being. Do you desire to construct a vast and lofty fabric? 
Think first about the foundations of humility. The higher your structure is to be, the deeper must be its foundation. Isn't that amazing? That's a great thought. The higher your structure is to be, the deeper must be its foundation. There is joy in being freed from self. There is joy in selflessness that can only come as we understand who Christ is and what he's done for each of us. May God take these truths, really stamp them into our hearts and our minds. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for your love, your grace, the forgiveness that you provide for each of us. Thank you for all that you're doing in many of our lives here. Continue to give us the desire and the ability to grow in our faith. And we thank you for Jesus who makes that all possible. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.